the history of psychology is filled with fascinating finds and enthralling experiments that have helped change the way we think about ourselves and the world around us. Oftentimes, the results of said experiments were so startling that they changed conventional wisdom regarding our minds, our actions, and in turn, our behavior. Join me as we contemplate the fascinating field known as psychology on today's FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. You got it. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI for your English, a podcast where we look at a different topic each week and we delve into that topic in hopes to find all the interesting tidbits of English information we can find. So this week, we're taking a look at psychology experiments or behavioral experiments, if you'd like to call them that. Behavioral es de comportamiento. The word behavior means comportamiento in español. So this is a fascinating topic and this is something that has to do with each and every one of us. Psychology affects us all in one way or another. How could it not affect us? I mean, psychology, it's everything we think about. And before we begin, let's do a little disclaimer over here. A disclaimer is like an official communication of sorts. I am not a healthcare professional. I do not have a degree in psychology. I just did a little research, and today I wanted to highlight some of these experiments that are affecting the way we see ourselves today and the world around us, as I said in the intro. Speaking of intro, let's go over to the intro right now and see what great words we can get out of it. So I said the history of psychology. Now remember, in English, this word is P-S-Y-C-H. The spelling is pretty different than in Spanish. Psychology is filled with fascinating finds. There I go with my double alliteration. Yeah, I can't help it. No lo puedo evitar. So fascinating is obviously fascinante in Spanish. But the word find, this was a word that I didn't know how to say in Spanish. So you guys aren't the only ones learning on this podcast. A find is un hallazgo. It makes sense. It's something you find. And then I said, and enthralling experiments. I love this word, enthralling. If something is enthralling, it's captivating. It really, really fascinates you. In Spanish, you could say fascinante, cautivador. And there's that alliteration again, enthralling experiments that have helped change the way we think about ourselves, nosotros mismos, ourselves, and the world around us, el mundo a nuestro alrededor. Then I said, oftentimes, frecuentemente, you could say usually, frequently, pretty often, these are all good adverbs of frequency to know. 
the results. Now look at the pronunciation there. It's not results, it's results. The results of said experiments. The word said is dicho. I know you say that in Spanish too. The dichos, experimentos, were so startling. I love this word too. Guys, remember, I choose these words on purpose just so we can add new words to your vocabulary week in and week out. Week in and week out means semana tras semana. So something that is startling is surprising. It's alarming. You would say sorprendente, alarmante. And we're going to look at some things that are quite startling, that are quite surprising today when we look at the experiments that affect us today and the way we think about ourselves and see ourselves. They also challenged conventional wisdom. I love that word, wisdom, sabiduría. You could also say the word knowledge as well, but be very careful because the word know is saber, but the word knowledge, fijaos, no es knowledge, it's knowledge. Anytime I say a word like that that can be tricky to pronounce, I urge you guys to repeat it with me aloud, whenever possible, of course. So they challenged conventional wisdom. To challenge is retar, desafiar. They challenged conventional wisdom regarding, referente a, our minds, nuestras mentes, our actions, the things we do, and in turn, our behavior, comportamiento. It's a word we're probably going to see a lot in today's episode. So are you guys ready to contemplate the fascinating field known as psychology? Field in English is campo, área, or ramo. Yeah, I know. I did it again. Fascinating field. I can't stop. Do you guys think I need help with my alliteration? <laughs> hey, there are worse problems. All right. Well, as I said, I'm not a psychologist, but I did some research, as I always do, and, well, we're going to learn some interesting things today. I call it Psychology 101. What does this mean? Have you guys seen this before? 101. It'll say Science 101 or Parenting 101. Well, if you see this, it means it's the basics the brass tacks. It's another way to say the basics, the essentials. And this comes from college in the United States, Universidad. The easiest class in any subject would be module 101. So introduction to philosophy would be philosophy 101. Introduction to mathematics, Math 101 or Algebra 101. So what does that mean? Well, when we take it out of academia, it means the basics. Okay, so we're going to look at the basics of psychology. Why? Because we shouldn't go too deep into my psychology or my knowledge of psychology. Remember, knowledge, not knowledge. Hey, I figure if I remind you a couple times, maybe you'll never ever forget it and never mispronounce it again. So let's look at the word psychology. I mean, this is a good way to see what it's about. Let's see if we can break down this word, desglosar, another good word when we're talking about experiments. The word psychology itself is derived from the Greek word psyche. And in fact, we use this word in English, psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-E, your psyche. And in Spanish, it says psiquis, psiquismo, mente, I didn't know this one, tu alma, your mental structure, your psyche. So that's a word that we use still, but it literally means life 
or breath, vida o respiración. And it's also derived from meanings of the word soul, alma, or self, sí mismo. It reminds me of those words that we studied in psychology. In fact, speaking of psychology, I took Psychology 101. I also took Sociology 101, and they were both fascinating classes. And I remember learning about the ego. You say el ego. We say the ego, the id, the superego. I remember we studied Freud, Sigmund Freud. If somebody makes a mistake and they say the word sex instead of the word six, we say in English, that was a Freudian slip. I think you call it un lapsus in Spanish. But we're not going to talk about Freud too much today. He was uh, too focused on his mother, I think. <laughs> As we say today, he has mommy issues, right? Si tienes temas pendientes con tu padre o tu madre psicológicos, you have mommy issues or daddy issues. In fact, some of the greatest musicians have had some serious mommy or daddy issues. Okay, so we know where the word comes from, but what exactly is psychology? Psychology is the study of the mind and behavior, la mente y comportamiento. It encompasses, this is a great word, engloba, it encompasses the biological influences, right? You say biológico, we say biological influences, social pressures, and environmental factors. So remember, Everything around us affects our psychology as well. It affects the way we think, the way we act, and the way we feel. And in some weird way, all those things are connected. We've all heard the classic mind, body, and spirit connection. Okay, so that sounds really good. It's nice. We tried to simplify what psychology is, but why? Why do we study the mind and our behavior and why we do what we do and our, our motivations, our ulterior motives, our fears, our desires? Why is this so important? Why do we have a field dedicated to this? The objective is to gain, right, ganar, a richer and deeper understanding of the psychology of people and the planet It's to gain a richer, deeper understanding of psychology. And if we do that, well, we can help people achieve things. I guess that's the important question then. Why? If we can figure out why we do what we do and why we say what we say, well, maybe we can change and maybe we can adapt and become better people, better parents, better cousins, better nieces and nephews. It's all about understanding why we do what we do, understanding ourselves, understanding our neighbors, and why we behave the way we do. And if we can study that, then that has many other implications. It can help us with so many other things. I mean, if we can understand different factors that impact our mind or our behavior, well, we can change those factors. We can improve our mental health. Who doesn't want to improve their mental health? I remember when I was in high school, I was having some 
depression. I had a, a chemical imbalance. I can't believe I'm telling you this on the podcast, but you know, I think it's really important. And uh, I had trouble. I, you know, I, I went through a really difficult time. I was down in the dumps, estaba de bajón, and I went to go see a psychiatrist. And later on in the show, we'll take a look at the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist. And I would talk to this psychiatrist, or shrink, which is a very slang way to say it. Shrink porque te encoge la cabeza. They shrink your head. And so I was talking to this shrink once a week, and he prescribed a low dosage of Prozac. Low is bajo and dosage is dosis. And so I started taking, I don't remember if it was 10 or 20 milligrams, I, I don't remember exactly, and I started taking Prozac. But I remember it did help me. It helped me uh, be more positive and it gave me that little extra oomph, that little extra energy that I needed at that time and I couldn't find inside myself, which is weird because I'm a happy guy. I've always been a happy-go-lucky guy. Esto significa un tío muy feliz. But we all go through difficult things. But then I figured, okay, taking medicine, that's good. And thank God that we have modern medicine and we can do that. But I don't want to have to take medicine if, if I don't have to for the rest of my life. So I started talking to the doctor about ways that we could you know, improve my mood and, and get more energy. And he told me, physical exercise, singing, dancing. And you want to know something? I started doing these things more often. And I started feeling better. And little by little, I stopped taking that Prozac. I don't remember if, if it was for a year or two, whatever it was. But uh, I had a difficult time. And you know what? Anybody who's listening to this right now and you're going through a difficult time, you're not alone. Everybody is going through a difficult time at some time or another. And we're all in this together. Estamos todos juntos. And I think that's going back to why we study psychology, to better understand ourselves and others so that our behavior and the impact our behavior has is good. It's a positive thing. And of course, all those issues impact our health, our daily life, our well-being, nuestro bienestar. And companies use it. I mean, we're talking about now using it on a human level, but companies use it to get inside the consumer's mind. Think about how important it is now for companies to try and get in your mind and see how you think. They want you when you're more vulnerable, when you're going to buy something. They want to know the things you're looking at and when. Are you more prone to buying things in the afternoon? Prone to is propenso a. You should check out a documentary. I think I recommended it, but if not, check it out. It's on Netflix. It's called The Social Dilemma, and it talks about how they're gathering all this information uh, so they can better understand our buying habits and how and when to sell things to us. But it's not all evil. Sometimes companies use psychology to improve the designs of their products. The first example that comes to mind as an av geek, como friki de la aviación, is airplanes. There's a, an airplane called the 787 Dreamliner. And what they did is they, they made the plane wider, más amplio, inside, in the cabin. They did something with the lighting scheme, esquema de las luces, so that they played with your mind really. And it sounds bad. They're playing with your mind. But what have they done? 
they've made the passenger experience so much better by saying, well, look, this color light makes them tired. And this one, and I've flown this plane. It's called the 787 Dreamliner. I flew it and it was the first time I did not have jet lag. It's a fascinating example of how psychology can be used to improve our experiences, our products, even our productivity. And think about it. If you've got your mind right, and when I say your mind right, I mean that you are mentally healthy, you feel strong, it will be easier for you to achieve your goals. You'll be more focused. So is psychology important? Oh my God. And, and we didn't even talk about sports, the whole psychological aspect in sports. So I guess psychology has been around for ages. But when did we give it a name? When did we say this is the study of the mind and behavior? Well, we would have to go to Germany, 1879, Leipzig, Germany, and a man named Wilhelm Wundt, now excuse my German pronunciation, Wilhelm Wundt established the first experimental psychology lab, and uh, that was in 1879. But people were doing experiments, but this was kind of like the first official one on record. The Germans are always innovating, and we're going to talk about some pretty amazing experiments in a little bit. First, I wanted to take a look at a few major schools of thought. So a school of thought is a belief system. And as we said before, we have uh, Freud with his beliefs, sus creencias. Remember, the verb is to believe, and creencia is a belief. And so these we call schools of thought in the world of psychology. And you know, one thing I realized as I was preparing this script, we could do a whole series on psychology. We could do a whole 25 episodes talking about different kinds of experiments and schools of thought. But today, I just wanted to give you the basics and a couple interesting experiments that affect the way we think and view ourselves today. So some schools of thought, maybe some of them ring a bell or suenan, and some might not. Structuralism. Let's pronounce that ism. Those are difficult to pronounce for my students. Some of them go is. <clears throat> I'm like, no, no, no. You gotta, you gotta say it. So what I tell my students is, think of this. Um, that's yummy. Um, ism. Structuralism. Functionalism. The next one is not an ism. The next one is psychoanalysis right? So the verb is to analyze, and what you do is an analysis. I always want you guys to play with words like that. Don't just say, oh, great, analysis. Great, I got a new noun. Ask yourself, is there a verb that comes out here from this word? And many times the answer is yes, to analyze. And of course, we know that's the unconscious, the subconscious, and that every issue we have stems back to. To stem back to means it goes back to our mother. You can't blame our mother for all, all our problems. I'm no psychology expert, but it's not all mom's fault. Then we have behaviorism. Um, and this is interesting, too, because there's this classic debate of nature versus nurture. So are we the way we are because of nature, because we were born that way, like Lady Gaga? <laughs> Baby, I was born that way. Or nurture. And nurture means because the way we were brought up, the way we were nurtured, 
right? To nurture is criar, educar. And if you notice, both of those words have that T-U in it, which sounds like a C-H. Nature, nurture, nature, nurture. And what's the correct answer? It's a bit of both, isn't it? You're how you are because of your environment and and everything around you. And also because, well, some of the genes you have also make you the way you are. So it's, it's, it's never that simple. It's never that cut and dry. Then we have humanistic psychology, cognitive psychology. And, uh, well, by the 60s and 70s, the cognitive revolution is what they called it. Uh, this spurred... To spur is to promote the investigation of internal mental processes, such as thinking, decision-making, you know, why do we make the decisions we make, uh, language development. We didn't even mention the whole psychological aspect behind learning a language and memory, why we remember certain things and we forget other things, short-term memory versus long-term memory. It reminds me of a, a movie. There was a, a really great Pixar movie, which really uh, showed this nicely. It simplified it, but it was really done. And it's in Spanish, it's del revés. In English, we called it inside out. And it just shows like all these little forces that are happening in your head when you're making a decision or, or hearing news or retrieving a memory. Un recuerdo. All right, so let's get to the experiments. Everybody, come on. Let's go to the laboratory. Uh, I don't know why I had to say that with a British accent. It just sounds better. We're going to the laboratory. Remember, we can also say the word lab as well. But remember, this is where your B and your V are very important. That's right, because a laboratory is where you have beakers and test tubes. Do you know Beaker? He's a character from The Muppets. He's also something in a lab. But if you don't pronounce this word right, you could say the word lavratory and lav, which is retrete, baño. So be careful. We've got laboratory or lab, and that's where you do experiments. We don't make experiments. We do experiments. And then if you're at a restaurant, excuse me, where's the lavatory, la conube? Where's the lavatory or the lav? The devil's in the details, my amigos. All right, well, we can't talk about behavioral experiments without talking about Pavlov. And, well, it's called classical conditioning. The experiments were called the classical conditioning experiments. Now, the interesting thing about Pavlov, this is a great trivia question next time you're having a dinner party or something. Pavlov was not a psychologist. That's right, you heard me. He was not a psychologist. What happened was he was studying the digestive systems of dogs when he noticed that his subjects, subjects are the people or things you're testing on. Sometimes we call them lab rats. If it's a human, we call it a guinea pig. Conejito de India, I think you say. So yeah, he wasn't trying to look at classical conditioning or anything like that. It was kind of a fluke. De chiripa. He was studying the digestive systems of dogs and he noticed something. Something was happening. The subjects began to salivate. They began to drool when they saw his lab assistant. And he said, wait a second, what's going on here? I mean, this wasn't what he set out to prove. It wasn't the experiment he meant to do, but he couldn't help but notice. To notice is darse cuenta. 
And what he soon discovered through all his experiments was that these responses, this drooling, could be conditioned by associating a previously neutral stimulus, stimulus versus stimuli, stimuli siendo el plural. In his case, he used a metronome or a buzzer with a stimulus that naturally and automatically triggered a response for food. So, in short, the dogs associated that sound, that stimulus, with food because they were done at the same time, even though it had nothing to do with eating per se. Now, I want to clear something up. Pavlov was not a psychologist, but he was a physiologist. And I wanted to look at that word because it's even harder to say. Say that one with me. Physiologist. Maybe we'll look at that on another episode. All right. Well, we have reached the end of this part of the episode. But remember, there's a bonus part to this episode. And every week, you can get access to the bonus part, PDFs with all the vocabulary and expressions, and even review classes with me every week and master classes every month. And if you want to find out more, you can go over to my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. Take a look around. Just remember, this podcast is self-produced, so... I could not do it without you guys. And that said, I want to send a special shout out to all my patrons. You guys are the best students a guy could ask for. And a special shout out to my super duper students, John, Jose Maria, Carolina, Eva, Mila, Deside, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Loles. And I can't forget about my interstellar students, the highest level. That's Pilar, Carmen, and Diana. Thank you so much for all your support. And remember, guys, I'm here to teach you and make sure you have some fun. So if you have any suggestions for the show or future topics that you'd like to see, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop me a line. I'm all over social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find everything on my website, albertoalonso.com. In the bonus part of today's show, exclusively for patrons, we're going to take a look at more interesting experiments that have changed the way we contemplate our lives, ourselves, and the world around us. We're also going to look at disorders. It's a word that we see often these days. Trastornos. And much more vocab and idioms. We'll see you in the bonus part of today's FYI.